When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. This is A Lot To Learn with Austin Rogers. For the guy who knows everything, he's still got a lot to learn. Without further ado, here's Austin. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Good morning, good evening, good afternoon, good night. I have no idea what time it is because it's a podcast and people listen to podcasts whenever they listen to, maybe on their commute to work, maybe in a brand new Ferrari, which is totally apropos to today's guest. Arun Sharma is the general manager of Ron Tonkin Gran Turismo. Gran Turismo. Gran Turismo. Um, a Ferrari and Maserati dealer here in Portland, Oregon. And we are in Portland, Oregon, in a absolutely delightful B&B, the Arbor Treehouse, which is really lovely. Agree, Arun? It's actually dope. It is. It's actually, it's actually dope. And uh, as you could probably see on Instagram and Twitter, Arun is a very, very sharp-dressed individual. And just right now, while I was waiting for him at the Airbnb, he pulls up in a fully kitted out, doped up generation. Was that? That's a generation one, right? A uh, series one. Series one. That's a series 1999. one. Nineteen ninety nine Land Rover Discovery with disco the f- two. well, disco two. It's a disco two. Yep, yeah. yep. Uh, fully loaded. Bull bars, winch, lights, roof rack. Was that a tent I saw on top, tent? too? Got to have a tent. Got to have the tent on the roof rack, right? <laughs> snorkel. Need the snorkel. It's good in Hawaii. Yep. Snorkels are awesome. Um, and today, we're going to talk about his really nonlinear career path and how he ended up managing a Ferrari dealership. That seems to me like the pinnacle of automobilia, if you want to say. I think you're right. I mean... Who else can say that? Only a handful of people in the country can say, I am the general manager of a licensed Ferrari dealership. That's true. I was actually talking to a ex. An <laughs> ex? You say friend. Yeah. You say, uh, <laughs> anyway, an ex. And she said, she goes, you know, I thought it was really interesting because I got online and I was curious about what you did. And I looked up Ferrari and I realized there's only like... 30-some dealers in the entire country. I said, yeah, I, I, I guess so. I didn't really, th- I mean, yes. She goes, that means that there's only like 30-some people in the whole country that do your job. And she's found that fascinating. Yeah, I find it immensely fascinating too because no, uh, no offense to, uh, uh, you know, Honda of Great Neck or, or, or Toyota of Fort Lee, but there's a lot of Toyotas of Arlington's and Virginia beaches and Toyota, 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 Honda, 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 Chevy, Chevy, Chevy. There's only one Ferrari, you I know? Think, I think it's interesting you said Great Neck because I spent summers in Great Neck. You, did you? Yeah. Did you? <laughs> my, my, my aunt lives on Susquehanna. Oh, my God. <laughs> I, I don't know why I picked Great Neck out of the uh, – maybe somewhere in my subconscious I saw a Honda for Great Neck commercial on the way to a Mets game or something like that. Um, well, let's start at the beginning. How does one end up in this heady position of being the general manager of a Ferrari dealer? And then after that – Let's geek out on some car stuff. Uh, it depends how far back you want to go. Well, let's. Uh, in the beginning, there was. In the beginning, <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a triple English major from Beloit College in Wisconsin, which means, you know the joke, right? What did the math major say to the English major? Yeah, what? what do, you, do you want fries with that? <laughs> how do you, how do you, oh, wait, other way around. Other way around. What yeah. did the English, English major say to the math major? Yes. Do you want fries with that? Do you want fries that? with that? Yes. So anyway, a uh, whole lot of nothing. Moved to Portland on a whim after traveling cross country on my motorcycle to see where I wanted to live. What kind of bike were you on? I was on a 88 Super Magna, which is a really rare. They only made it for two years. It looks like something out of Alien. Really? Uh-huh. An 88, a 1988 Super Magna? Look up a Honda Magna. And then uh, I loved Arizona because I was from Hawaii, and I'd just come from living in India and Wisconsin. And so the desert was awesome until I got hit by a car and ended up in the ER room with a broken back and life flight. And I thought, oh, clearly Arizona is not the place for me. Oh, so wow. So I moved to Portland. Because I had friends who moved here and said it's cool. So I just figured, you swear on this podcast? Oh, yeah, swear away. Fuck it. Yeah. 
So yeah. I figured, fuck it. Fuck it. Let's and, go to Portland. And, and, and came out here. At the time, I had an 85 Forerunner. Oh, love. That's yes. one of the coolest cars of all time. Oh, that is so cool. And, 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 I, was, and I, was such a, I was so green when it came to cars that I bought that car. I borrowed money from my folks. I went and bought a used 85 Forerunner. It was red with a black removable top. Yep, 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 because it, it had the split yep, top in the back. And I thought yep. it was the coolest thing ever, and I drove that thing everywhere. It had only the two seats. It had no seats in the back. And then when I sold it, I found out that even though it was an all-wheel drive, it was only a two-wheel drive because it was broken when I bought it. <laughs> the, the four-wheel drive wasn't engaging yep. in the front. Yep, 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 yep. yep. Um, uh, well, hey, still a Toyota from the 80s. That thing runs forever. Yes, they're yeah. awesome. So I did all that stuff. Uh, fast, fast, fast forward. Became uh, a picture framer. Picture framer. Yeah. 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 Yeah, stretching the canvases, pulling the frames. Cutting, yep. gunning glass. Yeah. Yep. And so I became a picture framer. I did that for years, and then I was uh, bored, so I was offered a position to do sales because that's kind of my natural propensity. And started doing sales and ended up leaving the gallery, started my own art brokering company, Yep, uh, which I augmented by selling reptiles as well. Well, hey, it only sounds ridiculous when I say it out loud. <laughs> I, was, I, was, I was framing things, selling art and uh, reptiles. <laughs> but that's, that's the hallmark of a true salesman. You could sell, you know, the proverbial snow to the Alaskan. Sure, or, you but know, I only sell snow that I like. Yeah, well, that's great. But that's a good sales is sales is sales is sales. Sure. You know, of course, it does help when you do love the product. So if you love their art and you love your reptiles, that's awesome. Next, you moved on to. So I did that, and I needed a part-time job. I needed a part-time job because I was self-employed as an art broker, and I had no sense of self-discipline, which if you're self-employed, you got to have, right? Right. So I would just screw off. I sold a piece of art. I've had enough to pay the bills. Boom, paid the bills, traveled, bought motorcycles, slept until noon, ate good food. And then when the bank account ran dry, I thought, shit, I better buy, uh, sell some Sell another piece. So I thought, well, if I get a part-time job, it'll put bookends on an otherwise infinite work week. Right. right. So I went and I got a job. I heard there was going to be a Ducati shop that was opening in town. And I went and applied for a part-time sales position. And I met the general manager of the, of the then Ferrari dealership, ironically. Yep. And I said, hey, I want to I hang out. I want to sell bikes a couple days a week part-time. And i never forget. He says, well, have you sold bikes before? I said, No. But I own a Ducati. I sell fine art. I can probably figure it out. So they gave me a job part-time. Yep. And it was fun, right? It's a great brand, uh, amazing customers, great everything. Except the dealership was run by auto guys, and they had kind of an automotive big box experience for a mm-hmm. brand like Ducati. People hated it. Right. Ducati, for those of you who are not in the automotive and car world, Ducatis are jewel box Italian motorcycles. I mean... The analogy is not too far gone when people say, like, well, Ducati is sort of the Ferrari, Ferrari of, of motorcycles. Of motorcycles. Right. Although, technically, isn't it owned by Lamborghini right now Audi. and Audi Group? Audi, Audi, Audi Group. Yep. Yeah, because yep. Audi owns, yes, Volkswagen Group owns Audi and Audi owns Ducati and, and Lamborghini. Lamborghini. Yes. Right. Um, but, but Ducatis, you, if you haven't, you have seen a Ducati, you just haven't known that you've seen a or Ducati. You, or you've heard one. Or you've heard one, because you'll see them, and their their hallmark is the naked, exposed frames. And you see, yeah. you see a motorcycle going by, and it's screaming, and you look at it, and you see that lattice work on the side. You just saw a Ducati. Or if you heard it, they have a, a, a phrase, right? Basso profundo. Basso profundo, which so that, means? That's prof- like a deep, profound bass. Like that's the that oh, noise oh, of those oh, things. Oh, yeah, right? yeah, yeah. They're amazing. Uh, Ducatis. They're, they're works of Ducatis yep. are yep. featured in MoMA. Yep. You, there exactly. is a Ducati yes. on the wall yes. in the Museum yes. of Modern Nine, Art. 916. Yes. Yep. 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 Um, so now you're like, hey, I think I could sell Ducatis. Mm-hmm. Turns out you can. Did that, and the uh, store wasn't going well. Went to go quit because it was just a bad experience, and I met with the owner who I didn't really know, explained what a shame it was because for a brand like Ducati, you're, 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 you're stewards of a brand. Like you, you, mm-hmm. It's not just your store to do whatever the hell you want. Mm-hmm. You, know, you have a responsibility to the, to the heritage, to the company, to people who love that brand, and that wasn't being, uh, that wasn't being done. So I met to say, you know, it's too bad. This, this could be an amazing thing. And real long story short, they said, how would you fix it? I said, you don't really pay me enough to fix those problems. I'm the part-time sales guy. I'm out. <laughs> and they said, well, why don't you tell us how to fix it? And if, you, if, you, if we agree with you, then you can just run it. You can have your own Ducati dealership with no financial responsibility. I thought, 
Well, that's kind of cool. Yeah. <laughs> Who's writing this check? So I came back in a week and I wrote down my little hand scribbled notes on how we were going to do it differently. And they said, cool, go for it. So I went from a two day a week part-time sales guy to running a store. I'd never, I'd been there for a year at that point and just learned every day, figured yeah. it out. That's amazing. And you're representing, like you said, you know, we, we toss the B word, the brand word around a little casually these days, but Few brands have the hallmarks yep. of something like Ducati. It is the pinnacle of motorcycles. Of, of motorcycles. Yep. They are art, art in motion, yep. um, and they're beautiful machines. So now you're you're charged with the stewardship of both uh, maintaining and selling a business, but also you know maintaining this ethos, this brand yep. ethos. Um, how do you how do you perform under that sort of stress? There wasn't any stress because I was too young and dumb to know otherwise. Right? <laughs> I mean, I was 31 years old. Yep. I had only worked in that industry for. I don't know, a year-ish at that point, a little over a year. Yep. And I just had a lot of beliefs of what people liked and what mattered to people. And the number one thing was community, right? Right. And, and a sense of genuine connection with people. I don't care if it's sitting on a bus or, or, or working at a Ducati shop or having a cup of coffee. Yeah. You know, if you, go to a, if you go to a Starbucks with any regularity, it's amazing to me. The staff knows everyone's name and their favorite drink when they walk. That's why people go to Starbucks. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And um, uh, so I thought it was cool. So I, I, I let go of the entire staff that was there, which was unfortunate because a lot of them were great people, but they had just been kind of sully, what's the word, soiled by their experience with the previous management. Right. So it kind of started fresh. Went from fifteen people to eight people. Hired all new people who had never been in a in the bike industry. All young, all motorcyclists, and said, "Hey, we have a chance to." Build the kind of shop we'd want to hang out at. Right. How do we do that? And, and by the way, that is a pivotal thing about this upper echelon of, you know, remember when Saturn came about? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And Saturn's employee owned, employee owned right. and like we do it differently. Yep. By the way, stop into Saturn, have a cup of coffee with us, sit in the lounge. Yep. Maybe you'll buy a car, maybe you won't. It's haggle free anyway. <laughs> That's a great business model. Saturn's were unfortunately terrible, terrible pieces of crap cars. <laughs> they were like GM parts bin plastic specials. But when you're in like the Porsche world or the Ferrari world or the Ducati world, the thing you want to do is you want to hang out with people in the Porsche world, the yes. Ducati world, and the Ferrari world. Yep. So I'm going to jump the gun, but envision that your dealership, when you took over, went from a dealership where there's bikes, there's bikes just out there to like, Come, hang out, talk your bike. Amen. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, yep. I would want to. If I was riding my bike, if I was riding my Ducati by, and I look by and I see, you know, there's that red monster outside, I'd be like, ah, Dave's here. I love Dave. I'm going to stop in, sit down, chat with Dave, see how his day's going. And now you got all your Ducati heads hanging out with one another. That's exactly right. And then, we had fun, and it was great. It, yeah. was, it was one big community, and it was, was super successful. Fast forward over many, 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 many years, became the most successful Ducati dealership in North America. No way. Congratulations. This year, this la last year for 2018 was the sixth, sixth time uh, that we became the number one largest Ducati dealer in North America, which was never the goal because I never cared about volume because Portland, as you know, is a really small city. It's a, yeah. Now it's now it's two million people. When I moved here, it was one million people. Right. That's still not a lot of people. To command to, the number, right. the sixth, six, six years yep. of highest selling Ducati yep. dealer. So our goal was always just to be the best experience, right? I mean, my tagline was the ultimate Ducati experience. I would never hire somebody who didn't ride a motorcycle. I didn't care what you rode. You could ride a Honda, a scooter, as long as you rode a motorcycle, so you could understand, <coughs> as long as you could understand that that common passion, that common bond. Just right. like I'm not going to hire somebody who's vegan to work at my steakhouse if yeah. I had one. I'm not going to ride hire somebody who doesn't ride motorcycles. And then it's just everyone spends time together. Everyone enjoys each other's company. You have a common, you know, go go back in time. When I was when I when I was living in the basement of this house, slinging <laughs> slinging reptiles, <laughs> slinging. iguana. Yo yo you you got iguana you got iguana. Yo komodo no, komodo no, no. komodo. You, you'd be shocked at how accurate that was. In fact, I, I can't believe that I wasn't 
having a knock on the door from the cops because go back in time. Uh, you, you, got had, heat, you got I heat, heat lamps? Yes, I had, I had heat lamps like crazy. This is pre-pot. Right, right, heat right, lamps right. like crazy. Yep, yep. I had all these people coming at random hours and leaving with little brown bags. Well, also, 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 they're reptile people. Yeah. And reptile people, oh, have a, they have a specific yes. look. Yes. Yes. It's, it's yes. a lot akin to probably, I bet, I bet there's a huge crossover between reptile people and sword guys. Well, there's a lot. Well, so what's interesting about the, is I'll never forget. Oh, don't tell me you dealt swords too. No, 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 no. But, but, but one of my, but one of my early like human connection epiphany moments was when I was doing reptiles and I'd run ads in the, in the local paper and people would show up on Sundays and my, I called myself the lizard king. <laughs> I, I, I had just finished watching the doors movie and I was like, ah, oh, the lizard king, that's cool. I'm going to call myself the lizard king. So I literally had business cards that just had the lizard king and my phone number and I'd pass them out and people were like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> and you want to talk about a conversation starter, that's it, right? So, so anyway, so I'd run, I'd run, I'd run ads in the Sunday paper and people would show up and you never knew what I had. So sometimes I had red tail boas, iguanas, yep. basilics, uh, bearded dragons when they first, uh, whatever, right? Yeah, yeah, Any yeah, tortoises, yeah. whatever. Like, and, and I, well, the funniest thing was I go to Delta air freight every two weeks to see like what showed up and they were like, what the fuck does this guy do? Right? So anyway, so this one morning or this one, this one, this, uh, you, there's some of their stories. No, no, I'm loving it. I'm loving it. I'm loving it. This is so, McDonald's because I'm loving it. So, so literally, there was this this day where I had I had six I had a really successful import, I guess you want to call it, and I had this ton of people that showed up at the same time. And I had a, a, a mom who was buying her kid a gecko. Are geckos right? like the gateway lizard? It's I like once know, you uh, once you get into geckos. gecko, you move on to the bigger. No, <laughs> I feel, well, it depends on your parents, I think. Uh-huh. So I had, I had this mom buying her kid a gecko. I had these two full-on buzz-cut, big buff marine guys buying something. I had a total pair of Grateful Dead fish stoners buying something. And, and I had, like, I think I had like six or seven people all there at the same time, all from 1,000% com- totally different backgrounds. Right. You knew walking down the street would probably talk shit about each other. Yeah, 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 yeah. But in that moment of all being into reptiles, they were like the best of friends and nobody left everyone hung out they were talking about stuff it was a cool thing well, there and that we go. was like that was that light bulb moment where i'm like a common interest and a common bond breaks down all the absolutely. barriers absolutely yeah so you know ducatis now we move forward and you're taking this into the ducati world where you're making it yep. a clubhouse right absolutely and you know ducatis have a certain image it's the guy with that tailored he has his tailored ride riding gear True. you know and like he's a little bit on the pompous side ah. but that's not but that's not necessarily true exactly. is it no nope, not at all because not if you choose it not to be once you're in the club yeah. and once you're hey you're that kind of guy i'm that kind of guy but we're ultimately ducati guys so there right. we go yeah. we had we had you know we had a group of people um over the years we had a lot of women work in the shop that was always a priority for me mm-hmm. because uh, I, I, the fact that women ride is awesome, but there's not yeah. nearly enough representation. No, uh, uh, <clears throat> the, the bike industry and the auto industry are hugely male dominated, even now. Yep. And any woman who rode wanted to be involved. We did everything we could to encourage them to do it. We yep. even did women's only track days. Yep. Uh, all kinds of stuff. Yeah. But we had a lot of women on staff who rode. Uh, many are were still really close friends to this day. But that was also huge. We were really we just went to be inclusive. Like being inclusive was the thing. Didn't matter what you rode. Didn't matter if you rode now, but you want to ride at some point. Even he had a gen- as long as you weren't an asshole. Yeah, we wanted to hang out with. Yeah, you, right. And 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 to this day, my dearest, closest, all my friends, I met through through motorcycle. Yeah, you know. No, and motorcycling is it, it's. It's that secret nod. It doesn't matter if the guy's on the gold wing coming yeah. at you and you're riding like some sort of, uh, you know, an R1 or something like that. You get the wave. You still get the wave. You get the wave. That gold Unless wing. Unless you're of, <laughs> there's some people out there who, won't who are give wave, the wave free. Yeah. We won't get into All that. All right. Well, we can. But, we can if you want to. <laughs> but yeah, you get, the, you get the wave. You know, the guy in the 200 mile an hour chopped down Japanese super sport bike yep. will get the wave yep. from the guy on with the, the gold wing. On the gold yeah, wing. Yep. Um, you're, you're right. You're right. Once you start this club, this network, you know, and there, it brings, there was, um, I went to an auto race at Lime Rock recently, and uh, this young boy in the audience asked the owner of a race team, it's like, I want to be part of a race team. How do I do it? And he just goes, pick up a broom. 
Yeah. Hang out, yes. pick up a broom, yes. even unsolicited, just start sweeping the, uh, sweeping the pit lane. Just start sweeping it. And then eventually we're going to ask you to start sorting the tools. Then we're going to ask you to pick up the wrench. And then, boom, you're on the race team. Same thing. Yep. How do you want to be part of uh, Arun's uh, Ducati? Show up. You don't have one yet? Show up. Maybe you'll get a time to get one. Maybe someone will let you borrow their starter bike, and then boom. Remember, remember uh, 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 High Fidelity? You ever seen yeah. the movie? Yeah, one yeah, of my yeah. favorite movies. Yeah. I can't fire these guys. They just sh- started showing up and hanging out, and now they work <laughs> now here. Now they work here, yeah. Same Show thing. up and hang out, and now you work here. Um, so you got this immense success with, uh, with the, uh, Portland's Ducati. Yeah, uh, Moto Corsa. Du- what, what's it called? Moto Corsa? Moto Corsa. Moto Corsa, yep. uh, Portland's uh, uh, extremely successful Ducati uh, dealership. And now you get tapped on the shoulder, and who taps you on the shoulder? So, so, the, 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 so Ducati was... Uh, there's a there's a long-standing family auto group in Portland called the Tonkins, uh, started by Ron Tonkin, and they've been around for essentially a lifetime. And every car brand-ish under the sun, right? Yeah. And Ron uh, had two sons who really ran the business uh, as he got on an age and, and, and passed away. Mm-hmm. And his son, Brad, also loved motorcycles. And Brad was buying a Ducati 916 back when they came out in 94, 95, went down to Salem, Oregon, where there was the only Ducati dealership. And he thought, why, why are we going all the way to Salem to buy a Ducati? Why is there no dealer in Portland? So he reached out to Ducati, and um, they were awarded the franchise. Ironically, when they first got Ducati, they housed it at the Ferrari dealership. So right. it was then Ducati and Ferrari. Right. And after a year, they broke it out. So it was part of this auto group. And, you know, I yeah, I mean, I was became very successful. We became very successful as a dealership. I had an amazing people that I worked with, and we all were really committed and as passionate as they come for what we were doing. Um, and I was asked several times over the years, hey, why don't you come do that in automotive? If you could make the number one Ducati dealer in Portland, imagine if you, for volume, imagine if you came to an, a car store, and you could even be top, because the volume and the money's right. so, I mean, really, motorcycling is a, is, a, is, a, is a passion. Yes. And one thing that's really, really frustrating is everybody comes into a, a bike dealership and thinks the dealer's trying to take advantage of them, making all this money. They want to, they feel like they're taking, and, and it's, it's a shame because it's such a brutally difficult business financially. Um, so their thought was, if you could be successful on a volume scale with Honda or Audi or Chevrolet, right? Uh, imagine what you could do. And so I was offered over the years, there were conversations saying, hey, why don't you leave Ducati now? You've done this for a few years. You've, you've kind of learned the ropes. Mm-hmm. Why don't you come over and, and, and kind of do a turnaround on our, or, or kind of do our Chevrolet store? How? How what? Yeah. How are you going to do, how are you going to bring that brand ethos right. to a Chevy dealer? Well, there's a way. I yeah. believe, no, no. I believe there's a way. Yeah. I think there's absolutely a way. Okay. I, regardless of the brand. I mean, but whether people want that or not, it's a whole other conversation, right? Okay. Yeah. But, but, I guess but, that's it, can it. Be, but yeah. it can be done. Yeah. It might be, it may be wasted on someone, but you can do it. And if I was going to do it, you do it anyway, because shit, you got to be there all day anyway. You might as well enjoy it, right? Right. So there were three, three or four conversations over the years about coming to automotive, and none of it was interesting because I'm just not a car dealership guy, right? And, and, and car dealerships, I should, I should qualify as I knew them. And at one point, I just kind of said in passing, look, like if you, if you ever have a Ferrari, if, if something ever happens with Ferrari, I'd be into that. And not because it's expensive. I just, I, I mean, it's Italian, it's sexy, it's fast. Yep. I have a lot of friends in Italy. Yep. It just had a lot of synergy. And I kind of figured it went in one ear and out the other. Fast forward several, several, several years, and there was a, the, the, the then manager, Art, who'd been there for years, was going to retire. And I got a phone call saying, listen, Art's retiring. Would you be interested in interviewing for the general manager position? I was still at Ducati. Yep. And I thought, well, that's really neat, but my passion is motorcycles. And as much as it was a new opportunity, and I was kind of, frankly, getting burnt out, and, and I'd kind of run the end of my creative leash at, at, at Moto Corsa. There wasn't really much left to do mm-hmm. as, as I could do. Right. Um, I thought, well, that, that'd be interesting just because it's, it's a new challenge, right? But I didn't want to leave motorcycles because I, I, just, I loved it too much. So I said, well, I'll do both. And, um, and they ended up hiring me to do both positions. I had no idea what a bad idea that was. Uh, <laughs> I became a bad manager at both. I had total burnout. I, yep. I, I'm sure I pissed off a lot of people. Uh, I cr- and I literally, it, it finalized with a, with a legitimate nervous breakdown. And, uh, and, and one day I parked that, that, that disco out there. I turned the key off. And I, 
out of nowhere, just burst into tears. Yeah. Sobbing uncontrollably after I'd done both jobs for three years. And, you know, I, was, I didn't know which way it was up. And, right. and you put it all on yourself. And I, you don't have a lot of resources. And if you're a fairly independent person, you don't ask for advice. You, you just kind of slug it out. Yeah. And it, it, it broke me. I literally had a full-on nervous breakdown. And when I finally composed myself after about 10 minutes of, like, sobbing and hyperventilating and freaking the fuck out, yeah. I walked inside. I picked up the phone calmly. I called the CFO. And I said, listen, I just had a nervous breakdown. No, I'm not joking. Uh, I need to leave Ferrari, leave Ducati, or I'm going to leave both. And they then put me with a great career coach. And through a whole series of conversations, I realized that I had reached the end of what I could do constructively. And I enjoyed, and my skill set at Ducati. Right. But Ferrari was really a new opportunity. So I I moved full-time to Ferrari in August. Here's the growth. Yeah. Now let's talk about, you know, you just say the word Ferrari. You know, it just, it has everything. The prancing horse, you know, the screaming engines, the race legacy. The $40 million price tags at auction. The, yes, yes. The, 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 two, the 250 GTO going for God knows how much. I was in much. the room. Yeah, really? Yeah, Monterey. No way. That was just recently. Yeah, this last, this last Monterey. Yeah. yeah. Um, or, the, uh, or the California. And then the oh. California comes up. Uh, the, the California is famously the Ferris Bueller Ferrari. Every, no one knows what the California is until you say Ferris Bueller Ferrari. They go, oh, yeah, that one. Yeah, that is obscenely priced. But let's talk with the new Ferraris, right? Now, correct me if I'm wrong, but you sort of just can't walk in and buy yourself a Ferrari. It depends on a lot of things. Right. Typically, so here's what I understand. First of all, Ferrari is a, it's, it's kind of like that Wizard of Oz. You don't know what's behind the, behind the curtain. Yeah. Um, it's an amazing, amazing and powerful brand. What's interesting is they have changed tremendously just in a relatively short period of time. Mm-hmm. Um, as happens with industrialization, expansion, growth. Acqu- I mean, you know, Ferrari is no longer privately owned. It's no. part of part of the Fiat, Fiat Group. group. Yep. Um, and 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 before he passed away, Sergio Marchionne famously had designs on changing the business model of Ferrari. Although none of that was truly articulated to anybody because it's very Italian. We won't tell you what you need to know <laughs> until you need <laughs> until to you know. know. And then even then, it's three months later after you needed to know. <laughs> yeah. Um, so there's a lot of change, a lot of growth. I mean, they've uh, they've changed. They they want to make the brand more accessible right. to a degree. Um, there's a lot of rumors of a new car line, which would be a, a, a V6 line coming out, inspired by the, the Dinos Dino. back yep. in the day, Correct. Correct. which now are also obscenely Expensive. priced. Yep. I, me- I remember seeing a purple Dino <gasps> at Gran Turismo many, many moons ago, and thinking that's a really cute car. Yeah, and it was at the time I want to say sixty-five sure. or seventy thousand. Sounds about right. In the early two thousand. Now they're three, four hundred grand. Yeah, right? and that was uh, for those of you unschooled in Ferrari lore, the uh, the the Dino of the late. 60s and early 70s was the quote unquote budget Ferrari because uh, it was smaller in every capacity and it didn't it didn't have the big honking V12s and the 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 multiple carbureted V8s of the uh, of the uh, the other cars of the era yep. um, and as a result. It was sort of it's a critical kind of dis- failure, yeah. yeah. And of course, now it's a collectible, and it's and they're beautiful. They're gorgeous. They're such pretty cars. They're gorgeous. And there, there's a, there's a collector in California. I don't know if you've seen this. He you, did the the, the, yep. the, the, the F40 engine, I believe it was. He did or an Enzo. What was nope. the motor? It was a detuned F40. It's a turbo Correct. removed, Correct. stroked and bored there you go. F40, F40 engine. into a Dino. Yes. that was David. David did that. It was, yes. David Hing- it was unbelievable. That <laughs> and he's one of the world's most foremost Ferrari collectors. Absolutely. I mean, he's yep. on. Uh, uh, he's on Leno's garage yep. all the time. Yep. Yep. Yeah, actually, I think in my bag over there, I have the automobile magazine that does the like ten-page portfolio it's, on that. That's cool. It's super cool because yeah. he sort of takes for you car nuts out there. He sort of takes the Magnus Walker yep. tack for Ferrari, yep. which is something in the past Ferrari would have been like, no, 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 it's no. It's almost. It's almost actually more like Singer. It's almost singer. Yeah, right? yeah, like, yeah, 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 yeah. Resto Madi and yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. Uh-huh. It's it's yeah. It's it maintains the vintage look, but it's got the upgraded modern components hidden away where yep. you can't really see them, but and you then, look at it. Yeah, and then an incredibly rare power plant. Yes, yeah. I mean, just that power, just the engine alone. Yeah, is, it's got a it's got yeah. an F forty engine. <laughs> 
And he's like, ah, I found an F40 engine. I'm like, how do you find an F40 engine not attached to an F40? Yeah. And then re- and then take the the icon of the F40, which is those immense turbochargers, and just be like, yeah, I'm going to take them off and stro- stroke and bore the thing instead. I'm like, that's madness. It is madness, but it's uh, great. But it's super cool. But it's great. And cool for the brand because Ferrari has always been Ferrari is Ferrari is Ferrari. If you touch a Ferrari, you are molesting a Ferrari. But, so that, but that becomes a, <clears throat> that's a whole other conversation. Right. That's a whole other conversation right. about cars and culture and tradition. Yeah. And whether it should, you know, quote unquote should, I'm doing the big air quotes. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, and that's a whole other conversation. But Ferrari as a brand's pretty amazing. It is. Um, I remember when I, when I said I was going to go to Ferrari, I had so many people I know say, oh, you're going to deal with so many assholes. <clears throat> and I can tell you four years in, and I'm not a corporate guy. I don't sing the party line. That's not the case. Like, I have met the coolest, nicest, most genuine giving people. It's been a... I mean, I've met assholes. But you meet assholes in normal life right. regardless of uh, of avenue, right? The ratio is not obscenely <clears throat> skewed as Correct. we would think. Yep. Yep. Yeah. It's just normal. So it's been, a, it's been a really, really pleasant surprise. The cars are unbelievable. The car culture is amazing. I think what I like about Ferrari the most as a company, I mean, you have beauty, prestige, uh, performance, all those things. But, you know, it's really cool that in something... As- Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. As kind of mechanic, no, no pun intended, mechanically set up as automotive dealerships go, yep. as a business, as an industry, I love that with Ferrari, relationship still trumps all. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So talk a little bit about that, which I alluded to a little bit in the past, which was you, you can't, can't just, just walk, walk in, in and sure. buy a Ferrari. So, so what happens is, you know, Ferrari, like all car manufacturers, ha- makes, you know, a, a range of cars. Now, because they're a small handmade Italian company, their range is, is a small range. Right. right. They only make so many. Right. But what happens ultimately is that when a new car comes out, Everybody wants it. Yes. And the reality is that the number of cars available versus the, peop- the, the number of people who want it, there's a, there's a huge skew. Yes. And so what happens is when the, when the car first comes, I mean, the, the example would be if you wanted to get a new, if Apple came out with a new iPhone, but only made enough that if you had never bought an Apple product before, the only time you could get your iPhone was when the next one came out. Then you can get the one before. Exactly. That kinda, that's kind of how Ferrari is. Yeah. You know, over a, over a smaller timeline. So if a new car comes out, uh, like the A12 Superfast came out oh, last year. Oh, yeah. Well, you know, they made so few of those. So most dealerships, I guarantee you, probably had enough of an allocation, which means Ferrari building the cars, right. to maybe satisfy 10% of the people that put their hand up, had money, we're serious, we're ready to go. If the car was available, they would have bought it and walked away. Yep. And as a result, you either have to wait obscenely long periods of time, sometimes up to three or four years to yep. get your slot to build your car, or you have to wait till they're available pre-owned in the secondary market, and then you pay a pretty hefty upcharge. So ironically, you pay a lot more for a pre-owned car so you can get it faster then you buy a new car that's built your way, bespoke to you. And that's something that's cool with Ferrari is you walk in and you spend hours with your dealer and you'll go over every stitch, every, every sh- I mean, everything, everything from the colors to the leather yeah. to, the, to the fabrics and materials. And you'll literally build the car you want and no other cars like it. And, and, and it, it sort of begs the question, like, yeah, it's super cool to have. Now, obviously, that, that does that apply to even, you know, like the Portofinos Everything. or the California? Every, okay. every single car is made in Marinello. By, by the spec ha- of a, a 
individual. Correct. And the yeah. only exception will be now that Ferrari is growing a little bit, <clears throat> they've said, hey, dealers, we would like you to stock one or two cars on the showroom so you can show people. Because yeah. what would happen is people would come and say, I'm thinking about X car. I'd like to see it. Just just see it. It's not here. It's not here. It doesn't exist. It doesn't exist. Yeah, it has not and been so, And so now we have a little bit of, of leeway where we can actually, we can order a car. We build it our way. It's on the floor. to be, And at some point, we can sell it. So that would be the exception, that you would have a dealership spec car. But even that car... We design internally. Right. It's sort of, yeah. So it sort of begs the question, like, if you've got the time and you've got the money and you're on the list, uh, why not wait and get it individually yours? Because then you're like, this is special. Most people do that. But the the reason people don't is because the list is so long and the wait, I mean, not everybody wants multiple Ferraris. So what my conversation with people is really, really simple. Do you want to have... Ferrari as something in your life from here on as long as you can Uh and have that be an ongoing recurring relationship from car to car to car to car or is your dream to someday own this car specifically and you're good. You don't know if you want another one ever again. You just know you want this one. If you're in the latter category, just figure it out. Just somewhere out there there's a car, just buy the damn thing. Yeah, yeah. But if you want to, if you know, if you want to, I mean, imagine for a lot of people the idea that you can someday Build your own Ferrari, and I think I think that that dream is twofold. Number one, let's not. I mean, let's make no illusions. They're really fucking expensive. Yes, right. Yes, average cars about three hundred grand. Yes, and that's before you really start doing all the bells and whistles. Yeah. So to be able to do that means you've achieved something. Yes. So if you're somebody who says I'm gonna put my foot down, I'm gonna start with my first coffee shop, my first coffee cart, I'm gonna grow it, grow it, grow it, grow it until one day, and my dream is to one day be able to grow my business well enough, and I'm gonna reward myself with that Ferrari. Yep. Well, yeah, you're probably a car guy, or girl, or yep. woman, or dude, Yep. but you also have hit a financial level successfully to be able to do that. Right. So, so, and then there's all the whole romantic thing. Enzo Ferrari famously said, we don't build cars, we build dreams. Yeah. And, and it's cool. Like I drive my car around and kids just, their eyes are huge and I let them sit in the car, go for a ride and they freak the fuck out. Like, Absolutely. They love it. Right? Absolutely. I mean, I would too. Like I, and I don't think I've ever been, I don't think I've ever been for a ride in Ferrari. I don't know. I'll, Maybe. Make, I'll make you a deal. If you have time after this, uh, we'll go get mine and you'll drive it. I'd love to. Deal. Deal. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> See you, Maria. <laughs> um, that, that, okay. I'm, yeah, a little, before I freak out. Um, yeah, no, you're, you're, you're buying the dream. And, and there, you said, you know, earlier, you don't meet the assholes. Well, I mean, there are assholes, but everyone remarkably is pretty good. When you have a smile on your face, too, Absolutely. you got a Ferrari. <laughs> I wow. mean, no, that's, that's great. That's and awesome. Great. <clears throat> I've had people move to tears. Um, I have a client uh, who, who you know, came from, a, I mean, straight up, like, raps, rap song, bad background. Everything you heard about, I came from the wrong part yeah, of the yeah, tracks. Yeah, 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 yeah. All the, everything you hear in every song, every country song, I don't care what song it is, yep. where you came from shit. Yep. And you had to slug it out. Yep. And you had to make it. Of course, nine out of ten times you find out it's all bullshit. Yeah. But but in this case, one thousand percent legit. This woman yeah. came from an incredibly difficult life. Yep. Uh, had nothing. Had to scrap for everything. Self-made woman. And her goal, she when she decided she had made it, she was going to buy herself as a reward a brand new Ferrari. And she did this year. And I mean that, that. I mean literally, she started crying when she saw it. It was a huge sense of, I mean, it's not like, oh, it's just, so, I've got money, I'm going to buy a fast car. Like, for most people, it means something. Right. Whether it's the building it, it's the physical manifestation of an accomplishment. Yeah. You know? It, yeah. it says a lot. No, I, and, and Ferraris are remarkable machines because, you know, I- inherent in the DNA of the brand is they're still race-inspired. And Absolutely. the race technology trickles down. A couple weeks ago, I interviewed uh, a Formula One race marshal. He's a race marshal at the Singapore Grand Prix. And he talked about his main passion in Formula One is, yeah, he likes the drivers and he likes the cars. But what he really loves is the technology. Of course. And Ferrari's technology comes straight down from that Formula One car into those street cars. Like, I remember when the... Uh, the uh, the four five eight came out, and the four five eight had those. It had active the, the, aero. Uh, after, yep, yep. But it was active in that it just 
deformed. It deformed at speed and it changed the trajectory of the air. There wasn't mechanics in it. I'm like, that is engineering brilliance. You just have the thing be so stiff that once the downforce hits it, it actually changes shape. And I'm like, that is mind-blowingly cool. And also, the simplest engineering solution. Yep. You know, you could have this super complex, like, you know, the Bugatti Veyron has like a multi-cantilevered 14,000 piston wing, or that thing just deforms and there's your downforce. Absolutely. Brilliant. Yep. Absolutely brilliant. And probably illegal in Formula One. <laughs> um, so so you get your first, you get your first Ferrari and you're in the club. You ordered it, you did everything right, and now you're now you're in the Ferrari bloodstream and Ferrari's in your bloodstream. What are some of the what's the evolution and some of the perks and things al- that go alongside with you're in the club? I, I think at the end of the day, <clears throat> uh it's just that those vehicles become then the conduit to life experiences. Mm-hmm. Right? I mean, whether you go for an amazing drive, whether you meet amazing people, have great meals, uh, there's a lot of, I mean, people, there, there's a whole spectrum of people that pursue that, any passion, whether it's Ferrari otherwise, to one extent or the other versus other people. There are people that eat, live, and breathe Ferrari. Their, their garages are Ferrari Mahals. Right. And they go to Maranello annually to visit the motherland, and they make sure they go to every Formula One race they can go to. Yeah. There's other people that, that also enjoy it from afar. Yeah. So it's everywhere. It just depends on you. The people that are the most actively involved, you know, they're, they're going on rallies literally all over the world. Yeah. Right? They're going on rallies all over the world. Because that's a relatively small group of people, they then have ongoing friendships. Um, but it's incredible. I mean, the the food that you get to experience, great food all over the world. I'm glazing over at the thought of like eating the world's best food while driving one of the world's best cars. Oh, it's you amazing, know? right? Like, oh, let's put some truffles on it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like in Portland, let's put a bird on it. In Ferrari, it's like put, put a, a truffle, truffle on it. Put a truffle. Put a truffle <laughs> on it. Put a truffle on it. But no, it's a, you know that you have. You do. You have really amazing experiences. Like anything else, though, I think you have as many experiences as you're open to. Because for every Ferrari owner that I've met that that relishes in their vehicle and the things they can do as a result of it, I meet somebody else who's convinced the world hates them and they should hide their car in their garage and never drive it because for some reason everyone thinks they're a horrible human being, which is completely bullshit. I, I, yeah. But, you know, and then I think you have a bit of a self-fulfilling prophecy. Yeah, if you're gonna yes, if you're gonna have that attitude, it's probably gonna come off as that attitude, right? But if you're like, listen, this brings me joy. I, I, I am fortunate enough to afford it. I'm going to have a smile on my face and I hope you have a smile on a face when it comes by because I know damn straight when I see a Ferrari go by, I have a smile on my face because I go, Amen. there's a Ferrari. That's awesome. <laughs> and it really doesn't matter which, uh, you know what? And it's so funny how things have changed. Like, uh, if I saw Mondial go by, like a couple oh, of decades, still cool. no, a couple decades ago, I'd be like, Mondial, what a dick. <laughs> How does he still in that? <laughs> now I see a Mondial. I'm like, look at that weirdo. He's cool. Yeah, he yeah, got yeah, a Mondial. Yeah, yeah. Or what was the other one? Um, in the late 70s, early 80s, the, the four-seater. Was it the 412, was well, it? They made, they've had, I mean, the four, none of the four-seaters have ever been well-received, Yeah, which but are always was, my favorite cars. There was one of them. I think it was the 412. I You're think not talking it was. about the, the, the Wedge? I think so. Was that the 412? <laughs> which one is it? Uh, yes, the 412, that, that car was like, I, I thought it was the dumbest Ferrari ever, but then I saw one in like a midnight blue and I'm like, yeah, that guy knows what's what. There's Cause some- he could go out there and he could go get the 308 or the 328 or something like that. And that guy the chose the oddball <laughs> and I'm, I'm, I'm really down with that kind of oddball choice. Then you'll like, to, you'll like what we go in today. All right. I don't, don't even tell me, <laughs> don't, don't tell me which one it is. Uh, my dream Ferrari, uh, until I realized why it's affordable is the, um, uh, the 355. Oh, it's a, it's, a nightmare. It's a nightmare. You have to remove the entire drive Which is not train. uncommon. It's just that what happened, the problem is that when that car was one hundred dollars or $200,000, you know, doing a service, engine out every three years, you know, relative to the cost of the car, it was yeah. okay. But now that you can buy a 355 for 50 or 60 grand, the idea of doing a service for $10,000 
doesn't really make I, sense. I, that's why I sold mine. I had one. I sold it. You had a three fifty five. Yep, I yeah. loved it. I, I I really like that that chiseled wedge wedge yeah. look. Uh, you would have liked it. I was actually I bought a salvage title three fifty five, which yeah. you would have never known. It was a cosmetic salvage. It was black with a ten. Uh, interior, nice, and it was a GTB. So it was a hard top, yeah, six speed manual. Yeah, I was gonna make it into a rally car. Oh, that would have been dope. It was gonna be like the Safari, yeah, right? and lifted and, and like what they did to the nine five yes. nines yes. back yes. on the Paris Dakar. Yep. Yeah, it was, have, it was roof rack, lights, the whole nine yards. And in the end, that service came up. I thought, you know, I don't want. I don't. I don't, I don't want this anymore. Yeah. I mean, that's I. I for this road trip that I'm on, I'm currently in Portland. I bought a 2009 BMW 750 Li, and my friends are like. You want to really want to buy a ten-year-old BMW? I'm like, I'm just driving across country. When the electronics kick, I'm not owning yeah, it you're anymore. Kick the car. Yeah, exactly. Um, where were we? I, I said we were going to geek out, and therefore I was going to lose my lose my train of thought. What are some of the challenges to sell something that apparently it, it appears in our world's eye to sell itself? Oh, there's no such thing, right? I know. So I want you to dispel that because it seems like general manager of Ferrari. You just walk in and be like, "Well, the Ferrari's going to sell because it's a Ferrari." I Not think. True. I think. I think it depends. I mean, I think there are moments in history. That that was more true than not true. Uh-huh. But even then, there was always something that was difficult, whether mm-hmm. it was the economy or maybe there was a model of car. It was all way before my time. Right. But I don't care what you have. There's always, for every positive factor, there's always something out there which is a negative. I don't, I don't care what it is. Right. And so with Ferrari, absolutely, you have cars that are incredibly desirable. Yeah. But... But, you know, the most difficult thing is managing expectations because somebody has... Imagine if you've waited your whole life. You've worked, you've slogged, you've dreamed, you've committed, and now you're to a point where you can achieve and go and get this physical manifestation of your accomplishment, and then you walk in and we say, I'm sorry, I can't, I can't help you today. Oh, it's sad. Yeah. It's, right? And, and, and so someone's... Imagine that, that life of that pursuit of right. success or whatever the hell you want to call it. And one day they wake up out of, they, they go to bed that night saying, wow, tomorrow's the day. I, I get my I'm, Ferrari. I'm, well, oh, no, I'm going to get it. Tomorrow's the day I'm going to go, I'm going to go to the shop. I'm going to have that conversation. And I walk in and I've been slogging away for however many years to that momentum. And I put on my clothes and I go to the shop and I walk in the door and say, hey, I've made it. I hit my goal. I hit my dream. I, whatever. I want to get a Ferrari. And we say, I'm sorry, I, I can't help you for three years, but we'll be really excited for you three years from now. Mm. So that's hard, right? Right, right. So, so, so I would say one of the toughest parts is, is managing expectations. Yeah, yeah, right? because people don't know this side of the story. Right. You know, it's, it, and if you get lucky, you can. You can get absolutely lucky and walk in and be like, oh, we had, I mean, look, you have people who order cars that are going to be produced you know, a year in advance. Well, a lot changes in a year. So right. somebody could, so a car could show up and somebody could say who the car was built for. I've had a life change. I, I can't accept it. And now it's available. Yeah. So, I mean, you could, you could ha- I mean, it happens. Yeah. You, you could show up at just the right time. And then compromises are made. You're like, well, didn't want it in black, but guess what? Right. I'm getting it in black. Or, or whatever. Yeah. Correct. This is this is the one that is there. But I mean, if you can do it, definitely that, that process of being involved, building the car. Some people even go so far as going to Italy. To and watch. The whole yeah, thing. It's yeah. really cool. I, it's, 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 quite, it's quite a little journey. Um, now, one of the things that you brought up was uh, it, I when I said the product that sells itself, but right now Ferrari is sort of facing something that it maybe really hasn't in the past in that a lot of competitor brands, like both Ferrari's game has been raised by its competitors because the, the modern Ferrari now is you get in, you press start and it goes. It drives yep. and it get and it's got nav and it's got aircon that actually does, it doesn't go and it's on got, you and, and maintenance is not and, a, it's a non issue and because Ferrari had Pays to keep it. up yeah. because we've got Lamborghini which yeah. is we alluded to earlier is yeah. owned by Audi yeah. and Lamborghinis are reliable yeah. for the first time ever La- Lamborghini makes great cars yeah Audi makes Audi great makes the R the R eights yeah. you know McLaren is McLaren, unbelievable McLaren yeah. didn't even yeah. exist a yeah. decade yeah. ago and so obviously this has elevated all of these car makers to 
battle it out. So the Ferrari just sells itself adage. I, I should have thought this out. I spoke too soon. It's more competitive in the Ferrari Absolutely. landscape than ever before. Well, another thing that used to happen in terms of priming the pump, so to speak, is that they used to say that your first new Ferrari was a pre-owned Ferrari. Mm-hmm. So you'd walk in, the, the list was way too long, yep. but there was a car from, so for example, when the 488 came out, yep. Well, that means guys were trading in their 458s. Yeah. So you could walk yeah. in wanting to buy a 488, be told you were three years out, but somebody else's very, very lightly used, well-equipped 458, which is an, a beast of a car. Awesome car. Amazing car. One naturally, of the greatest cars of all time. Naturally aspirated. Is there an available? Yep. So what used to happen is people would say, oh, okay, well, I'll buy this today. I'll put my deposit, and this will hold me until I can actually build my car. Now what happens is somebody wants a brand new supercar. Yep. They walk into the Ferrari dealership. They want to buy the 488. They bought an 812, and and it's not available. Well, 80% of those people, there's no other choice. They want that car. They're going to, we'll figure it out one way or the other. But 20% But 20% of them, instead of getting that pre-owned 458, say, well, I'll just go buy a McLaren. I'll go get the 720S. I'll get the 720, yeah. Oh, I just saw one in LA. Yeah, they're cool. They're super cool. cool. The way the cabin is just... The greenhouse is just tucked super they're in. Beautiful. Uh, yeah, they're they're pretty they're pretty dope. I said we were going to geek out on cars. Yeah, that's that is a really really crucial point to make that the supercar or even the uh, well let's we're parsing hairs, but there's supercars and there's hypercars. Cars, right, yeah. the supercar landscape is incredibly well represented yeah. right and, now. And and you can go back now with supercars. You can go back almost a decade. And everything is good. Yeah. Everything reliable. is good. Yeah. Roughly 2010 and forward, everything is cool. Yeah. Everything performs. So there's and, options. And guy on the street, you know, may, 94% of people, you put the 488 and the 458 next to each other. They don't know. I, I can tell. They look totally different to me. But the guy on the street would be like, whoa, look at that. Now, you put like a 348 next to it and you'd be like, oh, yeah, that is very old. That is, that is from 1988. But, but, but I would say that whoever is driving that car knows and loves it yeah oh yeah, yeah. who cares yeah. i got an 88 honda civic wagon people are like you bought this stupid thing I'm like I absolutely lo- i love this stupid thing yep. i love this stupid thing um so then i guess let's talk babies first ferrari you know do, do you where do you want do you want to go into uh, a dealer like yourself you've got that you've made it you've got that that burning desire and you've got that burning hole in your pocket right now do you want to go in and just be like hey arun Instead of doing the three-year thing, should you be steering me in this direction and let's go with the gently used just return because someone upgraded? That seems pretty logical because it is. Like I don't get iPhones in each generation. I let a couple. You usually, usually skip one or two. Yeah, because yep. then I could actually, if you got it incrementally, I can't actually see the difference Correct. between yep. seven and eight. Yep. But I could see the huge difference between seven and ten. Correct. They're dramatically I went, different. I went from seven to ten. Exactly. Yep. So I think maybe I get the four five eight, and then I wait to the successor, the four eighty eight. Well, that's which you. Will be- and, you know, oh, I mean, everyone's yeah. different, right? Oh, okay, yeah, right. So, I mean, there are people that say, hey, listen, okay, I'm going to see if I can find one somewhere. And they will literally call. I mean, this happens all the time with limited production cars. Right. You know, famous one that when Ford came out with the GT. Oh, yeah. Right? People would literally just call every single, and not everybody did, but some people were smart, and they called every single Ford dealer, and there'd be some small dealer in some small town that happened to get some allocation that no local customer wanted, and somebody who would never get a list, because get on a list because they lived in in Los Angeles or New York or anywhere where there's a lot of people, they'd stumble upon like that one place that had the one thing and they got lucky. That's amazing. So you don't really have that with Ferrari because, you know, it's just it's just different. There's not many of us. There's only 30-some dealers. So, you know, but, you know, you make a lot of phone calls. And again, things change. People have cancellations. People have... So there's a way. But generally speaking, I would say that people are... are, are they understand before they come in. They understand the way it works. Now... Um, a little bit of logistics things. Can you lease a Ferrari? Absolutely, you can lease a Ferrari. Yeah. Of course. yeah. yeah. Um, what, what's, what's what's surprising to me is the percentage of people. That's what I was going to ask. That just stroke a check. 
Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> I, yeah. I've been doing this for four years. I'm still not used to and it. And it still amazes. It's when amazing. Someone's like 437,949. Yeah, Boom. I don't, it's, it's, it's still staggering to me. I mean, I, because, because, you know, we talked a little bit about like, how do you get into this? That's yeah. not my life. I mean, it's funny. When I first started with Ferrari, the first year I was with Ferrari, every year they do the Portland Auto Show. Yeah. And so I've got my suit and, it, and, and I'm going to do the walkthrough on the show as they're doing the setup for right. the Portland Auto Show. This is in 2000, end of 2014, because I just I officially came on right at the end of November. So auto show's going on, and I'm walking the auto show as they're doing all the prep. So they're loading cars in, they're doing all this stuff, and I see this team of four guys rolling this huge thing of carpet, and my, my memory goes off, and I go, holy shit. When I first moved to Portland after graduating from college with no job, yep. I, I, I worked for a temp agency called Manpower, and one of my first jobs as an hourly temp was rolling carpet for the Portland Auto Show. Yep. And that that hit me like a ton of fucking bricks because people ask me all the time. I mean, you, you get this a lot when you drive a Ferrari. Hey, hey, what do you do? Yeah. And how did you do it? Yeah. I, I want to learn. It's like, cool. I rolled carpet to start. That's just it, right? I mean, I think about that. I thought about like, I mean, no truer, no, my, my, you know, no truer words about if you work hard and yeah. you put your head down and you don't fucking stop. Yeah. You can make it happen. And, and, you're and literally to go, standing there, the right. circle of life is in yeah, front of you. That was a that was the aha moment, right? Literally watching the guys roll carpet at the Portland Auto Show as I had done. <laughs> and that by, was cool. And by the way, hey guys, you're rolling carpet now, but get out there and do it. Do and, your thing. and now you're on this side of the carpet. Right. And then you could tell the next guys right. twenty years from now, Absolutely. you tell those guys who are rolling the carpet, by the way, yeah. I'm on this side yeah. of the carpet now. So you just find what your carpet is. Oh, that's find awesome. your that should be a new hashtag. Find, find your find your carpet. Find your carpet. Find your a carpet. whole new world. <laughs> All right. Uh let's do it. No cost expended, but you have to drive it. Not a garage queen. Favorite Ferrari ever. Uh F forty. F forty, damn, mine too. Yeah. yeah, I mean, and, and close and, tie with the two eighty eight GTO. You know what? But and it, yeah. used, it used to it used to be the two eighty eight GTO, and I'm gonna say, I, I'm gonna say this. I think it's the F forty because I've driven the F forty and I haven't driven a two eighty. You've driven an F forty and an F fifty. Uh, I. The F fifty, I think that I think history is not looking kindly on the F fifty right now, but I think that'll change. You know what's cool about the F fifty? I I drove the F fifty and got stuck literally in rush hour traffic. Uh huh. And it was easy as pie to drive. It was a, it was a pussy cat. It was amazing. Yeah. yeah. Like like because you 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 hear the uh, you know like. The Countach is best described as industrial. Yeah. Like, like, oh, the F50 is amazing. Yeah. But the F40 is just... It's a little... Yeah. It's so scary. Oh, God. Oh, F, oh God. To drive an F40. Uh, uh, that would be, that would be awesome. Uh, okay, so F40. All right. Then let's go with another one. But, but wait, hang on. But, but then, but the oh, reality wait. is, if I just needed a daily a Ferrari, uh-huh. that's what I do now. Yep. Which... Can I tell you? Because that's no, a- no, I want to be surprised. Ah, tell us. Well, then you- how? Okay, what is it? What is it? An FF or now the Lusso? Oh, yeah, that is the best fucking kept secret in the Ferrari. Right, They're right, unbelievable. All wheel drive, all wheel drive, right? Gazillion horsepower. It has comfortable, a usable sexy, trunk, shooting brake. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. The FF. The, it, yeah. The best car. That is that the bargain buy? Is that yeah. the one you should they're, go out and get? Best damn car. Because like the the FF is this. You, you can buy a twelve cylinder Ferrari. Yep. For less than a pre owned California. That's. Less than a pre-owned California. Mm-hmm. Wow! Because all right, five fifties, uh, the Marinellos. Those Amazing. are those are going crazy in prices right now, right? They had they had a spike, and I wouldn't know they're going crazy still. still but they, but they, they went they, crazy. They were they Correct. were going crazy, um, but the FF it sort of escaped that. Uh, well, the FF is just a, it's it's you know Ferrari had made you know made a car that was meant to be just a driver. They said, right. hey, if you love Ferrari. And you want to be in one every day, but you can't because our supercars are too damn super. Yep. We'll build you a we'll build you a car that's easy to get in and out. You yep. Can, you can take your groceries in. Yeah. All the rest of it, and and it is, it's an amazing car to live with. Um. Now, what do you think about? I was going to ask a different question, but that spurred another one about the daily driver. Okay. Economies of scale right now dictate that obviously volume volume leaders are what kicks a brand into overdrive. C the Lamborghini Urus. Is Ferrari, will Ferrari 
ever utter the dreaded S word, they have. SUV. They have. I mean, what's interesting, so what's really, one of the toughest things making the transition from almost 20 years with Ducati mm-hmm. to this relatively new career with Ferrari is that with Ducati, I mean, I started back in 2003, I was on a internal board of 14 people from around the world where we reviewed new product, right? new bikes, new right. everything. We even looked at like, Brochure layouts because it's such a and, small and so, yeah, and so and also was so involved with the company and for so long and so you knew everything even if you you couldn't talk to me at a huge like like an inch thick Italian NDA you had to sign so yep. you don't talk you didn't disclose anything no but you knew like you would know and, and everyone helped. else knew. Yeah, kind of. Yeah. Ferrari, like you alluded to earlier, man, they are tight-lipped. Now, I know there's a board within Ferrari, and some people know X, Y, or Z, but I'm on the outside, so yeah. I have no clue. That being said, there's been the rumors of a SUV-esque car for a while, Yep. and they have confirmed that they're going to do, and they have said, they've said too many times, one day we will enter the segment, but we will do it our way, Yeah. which who the hell knows what the hell that means. Now, I... I I have had a change of heart. I used to be like these sports car makers making the SUVs. It's dumb. It's stupid. It dilute. It doesn't dilute the brand. It allows them to sell at volume and then concentrate on their badass auto products. Well, like, it depends. So I don't know. You can use the word volume and Ferrari in the same sentence. Well, okay. Well, so I was but, going. I was going generally. With, I was Porsche. going with Por- Porsche. Yeah, exactly. Yep. Like Porsche Cayenne is unbelievable. It's super cool. Great. It's perfectly yep. fine. And yep. if and if and if Cindy from New Canaan wants to drive it, I'm cool with that because that allows a GT3 RS to exist. Absolutely. You know. So if Ferrari has to go down again, this is my opinion, but if Ferrari has to go down the SUV route. I'm. I'm on board if it allows Ferrari to exist and maintain its essential, its essence, and its independence-ish. Why not? If you if you love something, yeah, right. Like if you could eat whatever your guilty pleasure food was, right? Pasta, whiskey. Well, okay. <laughs> okay. If you could eat whiskey for dinner, yep, and for lunch and for breakfast, and, and no never repercussions, ne- and no repercussions, yeah, what the fuck wouldn't you? I would, right? Yeah. But you can't, yeah. So, 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 you know, the an SUV from a hypercar company is essentially finding some way to let you use that whiskey every day. I'm, I'm cool with yeah, that. I am. Yeah, cool. I think it's great. And again, it, I live with one every day, and it's the best thing ever. Yeah. No, I mean, I think, you know, I don't have a problem with the Bentayga. Nope. I don't have a problem with the Cullinan, yep. you know? Because, you know what? The Phantom is still pretty dope, and if the Cullinan allows the Phantom to exist a little bit longer, I'm down with that. And if the Bentayga... It also just makes for more interesting stuff. Yeah, yeah. Var- variety is cool. And back in the day, Rolls-Royce made one Rolls-Royce. That- yep, that was it. Now they make five, six... Right, and back in the day, Ferrari made what they had full of cars. They'd have like two. They'd have like two models. They'd have a four seater. They'd have a. They'd have a V8 and a V12, and then every so often, every so often, a bonkers batshit car would come out, and they make eleven hundred of them. You know, or five hundred or whatever. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. And if if that allows you to make, you know, you sell that one again. You don't want to say at volume, but you sell that one, and then it allows you to make like. Oh yeah! Oh, that's the track special. Cool. Right. Awesome. Yep. Ah, super sweet. Well, hopefully, I get to the point in time where I could afford the new walk-in bespoke Ferrari. Uh, oh yeah, I forgot my very last question before we wrap this up for the evening. Non-Ferrari dream car. Uh, Your non-Ferrari dream car. God. I like so many. Yeah. It's, it's, you know, I, I, it's always, people always ask me because with motorcycles, I had a yeah. pretty beefy collection. Yeah. Because I'm a single guy and I just worked a lot. So I just, you know, distracted myself with motorcycles. And I ended up being, people would always say, what's your favorite motorcycle? And the, at the end of the day, the most honest answer I could come up with was whatever I'm riding. Yeah. And I All think right. with cars, I mean, I've got a long list of cool cars. Yeah. But, but the truth is that I'm a relatively new car guy. I had the, the airbrushed Countach poster on my walls. Oh, kid, yeah. Yeah. The, the black one. But the reality is, I, I've always been, to my heart of hearts, a motorcyclist who has an appreciation for cars. I was never really a car, car guy. So I meet a lot of guys. Because who, who know cars, and they go, oh, you're the Ferrari, d- the Ferrari dude, and they know all this shit that they expect I do, and I'm deer in the headlights. I don't know. <laughs> I just know what I like. Yeah. So I know a lot of the modern stuff. I know some of the, but I mean, you know, there's so many fucking cool cars, it's ridiculous. I like some weird shit. 
Mine's um, either a Citroën Dos Chevaux or a 300SL Gullwing. <laughs> so, okay, the Gullwing's great. Yeah. But, you know, I mean, you talk about, like, dream... Like, like if I was in a just dream garage, I love I love the E63 wagon. Oh, God. that I mean, there's a daily driver, yeah, right? I love the oh. E63 wagon. Like, that, that's a holy grove. And, I mean, they're, they're great. The, I tell you, the coolest thing... Will be when I leave Ferrari at some point in my life. I'm yep. sure, I'm sure, I mean, you know, life happens. But I'm sure at some point you move on to the next thing or yep. whatever. But but the cool thing is that after you've been around Ferrari your whole life, or or for a chunk of your life, yep. everything else seems like a bargain. <laughs> so I remember going. I remember going. How much for a station wagon? That's fucking crazy. Yeah. And, and now, now like, I go. How much for a station wow. wagon? Wow. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's cheap, and it still does zero to sixteen three point four. But the you know? E sixty three wagon is 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 unbelievable. GT three RS. Uh, yeah, I've had an 07 for years, and that's an amazing car. Yep. Um, older nine elevens are great. Older. Yeah. I mean, there's so much cool stuff. Yeah. Now, now I'm now I'm now I'm spiraling into. Uh, we could do this for. Days. Yeah, we could do this for days, but instead, let's. Not instead. Let's go. Let's drive go a drive Ferrari. a Ferrari. Right. You've never you've never driven a Ferrari. I've never driven a Ferrari. Wow. I'm I'm pretty excited. Arun Sharma of Ron Tonkin Gran Turismo. This has been an <laughs> immense pleasure. And if you're in Portland, come s- hang out. Come hang out. Stop by and say hi because he's just told you. Be part of the club. Or hit me up on the social. On the social. You know, uh, where, where can they find you on social? To, uh, easiest is probably Instagram, right? Instagram. That yeah, everyone's that's saying? what everyone so, does. Yeah, yeah. Everyone, all the cool kids are Yeah, let's it. do Instagram. So Instagram is Arunisms. Arunisms. Yeah. I'm going to look that up right now. Arunisms is found <laughs> and followed. And find Arun at Arunisms on Instagram, and you're going to look at his pictures, and my God, is it just a shit ton of Ferraris. (laughs) It's kind of ridiculous. This guy's living the dream. (laughs) Everyone, I hope you enjoyed this as much as I did. Have a fantastic evening. Peace out. Bye. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.